you lot. You're listening to Garage Hammer. Episode 168. On tonight's episode, the Manlings have the narrative event organizers and their big man Ming. The Manling Ming coming on to talk all about narrative gaming and gaming that can be competitive and yet tell a story and be fun and all sorts of others. I don't care. I just want to crack heads. That's what I do. Shut it! I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the Garage, you tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we'll do our best to keep you informed, entertained, or perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you one awesome interview, two geeky co-hosts, and three ways to play, I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I'm Buford T. Justice. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. Um, you know what? I'll... I'll We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. I bought. I got tickets to see something, and I got excited, and so I brought it up early. We can bring that up during the toolbox. Oh, okay. So, yep, sure. <laughs> I didn't know if you were on like you know Scruff McGuff or whatever that dog's name is from Dare McGruff the Crime what? Dog. Yeah. No, I'm Buford T. Justice oh, from boy. Texas. So, all right. Totally lost. <laughs> <laughs> I always do. It's fun, though. I can't help it. It just, uh, whatever. All right. So, hey, uh, before I lose you any farther, we should uh, we should uh, pay the bills here. Thank the sponsors. Absolutely. So, as always, we need to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which are Unique Gifts and Games. In Grays Lake, Illinois. Okay, Chaos Orc Superstore. 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 Chaos Dude, uh, uh, one of the old, I have a picture somewhere in uh, uh, the Garage Hammer site. I may have to bring it up again. I used it a while back as a show, like a, on the main page, one of the big splash page things. Uh, yeah, Because yeah. they sent me a picture, and they had like I think there had to be a dozen, like four wide and three high, or something like that, just stacked with hundreds of paint pots. The thing Oof. is, she said you got to the way it's designed. You kind of put them in with the cap first. So you just have the the bottom of the GW pot like showing the color sticking out. Okay. So, but it looks so cool when you when you got all your colors sorted and you got them sort of right. You got a nice little rainbow effect going across because you have to have the colors in order. You can't just mix them all up like that. It's the same. No. So. Yeah. No, my CDO kicks in. I can't have that colors being just anywhere like that. That don't work. No, 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 no. So. Yeah. So uh, let's see. We also need to thank our Patreon associate producers. James Mackey and Shirley Tempel because they keep things going here. Oh, and I also want to welcome, we have two new patrons since the last episode. Welcome to the Almost 1%, John Hewell Davies, H-Y-W-E-L. I think it's Hewell, but I'm not certain. John Hewell Davies. Let's go with it. And Drive Through Reviews, which is like it's the, uh, the whole show sponsored the, us, which is fan-flippantastic. So thank you guys hmm. for... Joining us and becoming uh, patrons of the show. If you, dear listener, are even remotely interested 
and helping out the show, uh, please visit us at patreon.com slash garagehammer and take a look there at what's going on with us and the show. So, um, Should we jump to uh, emails and stuff, get through this? Yeah, absolutely. Get to the cool stuff. Okay, so I got a voicemail from Darren from Canhammer because the other dude from Canhammer called last week, and I guess Darren was not to be outdone, so then he called and left a message. But it turns out that uh, he left uh, either he either left out information or gave us the wrong information. So I literally got an e- like a like a email like later that day saying ignore the voicemail. So okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it says, "Hey guys, Darren here from Canhammer. Please ignore the voicemail I left today. I left our important details. I left. Uh, oh, I'm sorry." That's a typo. Let me start that one over. I left out important details, so just take this email instead. Great podcast. I'd love to invite your listeners far and wide to consider joining us in Ottawa, Canada in August for the Capital City Bloodbath. This is our big annual gaming convention, and we figure we feature an AOS two-day singles tournament as well as a one-day doubles. So plenty of AOS to go around, and hopefully not that far. It's August 18th through 20th in Ottawa, really close to the airport. Hopefully see some people there. Thanks, and keep up the amazing podcast, Darren. He called our show amazing. He has low yeah. standards. So, Well, if you listen to Can Hammer, I mean. Oh, you really going to. Oh, I wasn't going to throw shade, but you just went and did it. That's awesome. See, no, and you know what? Nobody's going to mess with you because you're Alex, and everybody loves you. No, no, you no, run, no. So, see, no. I'd Chris say and all like them that jackal. great job. See, I can't, I can't say anything about Can Hammer, Chris, because he brought me jelly babies for no reason. So yeah, that's uh, I got, I got no, he, I got nothing, you know. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Um, but if you've never been to uh, Cap City, um, I was up there last year uh, for their uh, event last year. Uh, did okay. Um, did you but win it? Ve- no, I got oh, second. Second, okay, that's that. Yeah, I, I got- did okay. Listen to yeah. him. Listen. See, folks, this is this is why he's the best of the better half here. This is why I needed a guy who actually can play this game on the show. This is nah, beautiful. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but uh, Chris does a great job running the uh, AOS events. Um, and there was about mid-20s last year. Venue space that they have there is gigantic. Fantastic air circulation. Um, and they got a bunch of other games besides AOS. They do a really big uh, 40K event. Uh, War Machine and Hordes. Batman is a big deal up there. Um, Batman's a big a deal of... everywhere. He's Batman. I know he's Batman. Batman. Um, and then they provide food. They provide um, food. Yeah, it's I like catered food. lunches. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it's catered lunches both days. Um, and it's it's pretty good for um, you know when you're used to like McDonald's or something. It's it's like quality food, and you just get to sit around Sweet. and chat and talk. So. Very nice. But it's not like Adepticon big, but it's still pretty, pretty good. Definitely worth the trip. And Ottawa is just a fantastic city if you've never been. So highly recommend. That sounds awesome. And you know, Six Squared Studios is from Canada. They're near. Yes, they they're are. a little near the border, but they're awesome too. See, I like mm-hmm. Canadians. And they film all of my favorite TV shows there. All of the CW superhero shows, I think, are filmed in Canada. Yeah, most of them are. Yep. See, Canada. Home of the awesome television shows. So, all right. Uh, okay, so now that was that was also only voicemail. So 
We covered them both. Although, folks, I have no voicemails this week. But Alex, you do know when we got a voice, we finally got voicemail, right? Really? We did. Got it. Are you sure? Yes. And you can call one seven five seven G H show six. That's one seven five seven G H show six. If you're calling internationally from most countries, it's zero zero one seven five seven G H show six. Call now or wait till the show's over and call or if you're driving wait till it's a safe time to call don't get crazy please be safe hey did you notice when i started reading that email i was just kind of thinking about it as we were doing it i don't know what that reading voice i was doing in the beginning was though that was just that was awful like i got excited for the second part but that intro i like i made him out to be like a I don't know, like a like a like a middle school, uh, you know, uh, guidance counselor or something like that. Hey, everybody, you should come on down to Canada. I don't know what I was doing there. It's worth it. You should go to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even get to go to Wisconsin. What are you talking about? I don't know. It's one of those things that, and it is literally. I definitely want to go right next to the airport. See, <laughs> I love that. Though. Listen, it's right. I mean. You, you, you're there. You land. You're there. Um, that is exactly how it is. You land and you can get to the hotel, and it's right across the street. Oh, see, Easy that's fantastic. Peasy. That's fantastic. Well, I would, I would like to go someday, but um, I won't be going this year. But I do plan on hopefully at some point going. That's the plan. So, all right. Listen, let's take a break. Let's come back and let's come back with the Garage Hammer news. How's that sound? Sounds awesome. Excellent. All right, we'll be right back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the Garage Hammer News Network. I think I'm not going to get any music. I think I'm just going to do that from now on. Is that the new army thing? <laughs> it might be the new army thing. <laughs> I need dumb noises to make and dumb things to say. And I don't apparently have enough. So, No, but it works. Yeah, it works. So, like, okay, um... Some 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 new stuff coming out. Uh, we're in a we're mm-hmm. in a weird holding pattern. Guess what I'm. Guess what I'm holding here in my hand as it is release day. It's probably the new White Dwarf, isn't it? The new White Dwarf magazine, but not only the new White Dwarf magazine. Oh, you got the Ultra Dwarf. Yes, I did. 
I I buy all the Grumbrindles, just about. I just I can't help myself. Uh, it's, no, no, it's a legit model. Um, the paint job on the. I mean, I'm never going to get it. That cake, I mean, that seriously, the presence look great. That cake actually looks like delicious, like the way it's painted, like the colors are perfect on it. Like I'm like, damn. Is it two thin coats of frosting? It is. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, a brindle in what looks to be, uh, well, which is power armor, except it's where yep. on the back where the reactor is, or as my buddy JP from uh, from Zlurp class calls it, the WAP caplet. Uh, don't ask me why I'm not 100% certain. But the WAP caplet is, uh, is a kegger of Bugman's. Because why wouldn't it be? <laughs> and, well, it should be, exactly. Uh, where the Ultramarines logo would be is a big, beautiful G for Grum Brindle, and he does have the uh, dwarven, uh, the little dwarven face runes that are around the cake are on his, uh, you know, on the, on the gauntlets. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, this is great. Now, what about the Blood Bowl special releases? For Rombindle and the Black Gabo. I, I, you know what? I literally just saw that. I, I don't have that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super big on the White Dwarf um, for Blood Bowl, but that new Black Gabo is legit. Yeah. Like, that is a sneaky, mischievous guy. But then again, I'm a little I'm a little partial to Gabos. I know you are, and I'm okay with that. So, hmm. hey, hold on one second. Are you eating? No, that's the dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's I'm the like, dog licking my hand. Oh, okay. I hear that. I hear. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to no, get emails saying, is he eating? But then your like, voice comes out. I'm like, he doesn't sound like he's eating. No, so, that's, that's the too pug funny. licking my hand. Oh, that's for the pug. The pug's a cutie. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put, I don't mean to compare to the dog. But No, uh, no, it's okay. She's cuter than me anyway. Yeah, you know that, okay, back to the, the black gobble. It, it, it's like they took the uh, Skaven assassin. And mm-hmm. put the gabo in that outfit, like, and just made it look like that. Grumbrindle looks crazy. His hair's he his hair. It looks like he's in uh, Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah, he definitely went. You know, like power level, whatever it is, <laughs> power level nine thousand. Sure. So it's uh, great. Uh. No, I, I like. I love my Grumbrindle. This one's white dwarf, by the way. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, I'm picking mine up tomorrow. It's. Uh, Apparently, along the whole bottom, they have the cover from every single issue with a little tiny one, like one blurb recap. Hmm. Yeah, so they show you all the issues for the past forty years. Uh, lots of lots of cool paint stuff. A, a battle report. They show you how to paint the thing. They've got a, a huge. They've got the you know the fold out for your mm-hmm. for your uh, for your model porn is just a, just tons of tanks and imperial guard. It's such an impressive mm. thing when you fold it out. Like I'm like, oh, like that looked like oh, that's insane. There's so much cool mm. in this in this month's White Dwarf. So, um, and of course the new uh, the new Overlords have uh, have cards. So if you want to play them in the Silver Tower, you can. Which is, you know, that's always awesome. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, some of them look pretty cool. I've seen them online already, but. No, no. It's just nice that they're keeping up with it and constantly adding to it. 
yeah, new stuff comes out, you can play it in you can play it on Silver Tower, which I think is great. Keep that game it keeps the game fresh, it keeps the options open. Because um, seriously, just playing, you know, you can still play though. I mean, and, you know, obviously every scenario changes based on where the cards, you know, how the cards come out, you know. But um, you know, uh, uh, just mixing up the uh, mixing up the players could totally change the dynamic of that game as well. So it's nice to have that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I am excited because this is coming out on the tenth. By that time, you can already have pre-ordered it. But finally, the uh, the Ether Chemist and uh, the Endron Master and the uh, Sky Riggers are up for pre-order. If you're listening to this right now, and uh, I like those, I like the fly, I like the little flying dudes. Yeah, I mean, this army as a whole, I wasn't particularly thrilled with coming out, but um, it's kind of growing on me. Um, Except for Sir Topham Hat, I just cannot get past him. He's awesome. Sure, his story's great. He's he's super tough. I like him. Yep, he's got the springy set shoe things. I I love him. Um, but no, you know what? This is an army that definitely, like, even when I looked at the pictures, like I was going for it. It's Duarden. But even I looked at the pictures and was like, how did that work? Like, what's with the big giant steel balls holding them up and stuff like that? And you know, fluff wise, yeah, I get it, but it. You know, but you build it, you put it together, you got it in front of you. They really do look a lot more impressive. It's a, it's another case of the picture doesn't do this model justice. Mm-hmm. And it's a good paint job. I'm not knocking the paint job, but I think this suffers uh, not as badly, but it's it, it suffers um, you know um, Mornfang syndrome. But yeah, know, we looked at that and everyone went, the, "Oh, they're the worst models ever." And then you got him in front. He said, "Actually, it's not that bad. It's not nearly as bad yeah. as I thought." I just can't get past the top hat and the pist- and the mustache mounted pistols. Yeah, I just can't do it, dude. He's dude. You know what that is? Classy. That guy is the leader of the leaders. He's got to have the most guns in the most places, but he's got the curly mustache. He's still got the hat. He says, "Hey, listen, I'm here to kick butt." But when I'm done, I'm ready to party. That's that's that 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 guy's classy right there. That's what I love about him. That's like hipster steampunk balloon dwarf. <laughs> I just I can't do it. Yes, it is, and it's ridiculous. And I think that's why I love it because it is just that. Come on, that guy's so over the top. Like the rest of them, if you like steampunk, it like works. It's not over the top. It's kind of nutty, but it's not over the top. And then he shows up, and you're just like. Oh, oh, okay. We just, yeah, you, you, you're just cranking it up to eleven just because you can. I got you. Mm-hmm. I love it. But what a surprise! Mm-hmm. Were you shocked when I loved it? Were you? No. Okay. See, so there we go. Let's see what else. Oh, uh, the Armageddon book comes out too. Um, if you didn't get the box set, uh, soft cover, forty bones. Uh, it has all the kill teams and all the special teams. Now, apparently, if you bought the big box set with all the terrain and the guys in the book, uh, you can download PDFs of all the other stuff, or you could be a lazy lout and just buy the book and just and give the small one to a friend who's playing. Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of probably going to be how I do it, or I'll let or I'll keep the small one. So if I'm playing with a friend here at the house, I can hand them the other book, so we don't have to share them. 
because right. I just was like, nah, I, you know, I'm going to get the PDFs. I'm going to print them out. I'm going to have to stick them somewhere and connect, uh, or else, or else have to have your, you know, your electronic device with you constantly. Nah, I just I'll take the book. Mm-hmm. It's not like they don't get enough of my money. You know, I, what's one more book? Right. You know, um, I'm excited for this too, but I'm excited for a whole lot of what's coming out. Um, they're just. The excitement for the next two months has been ramped up so much; it's it's palpable at this point. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's especially also- with how they're rolling out Eighth Edition, yeah, for 40k. How they're teasing parts of it at times and trying to take like the big army burning guys and try to bring them down a little bit. Um, so it's been very nice to see and very refreshing. Um, I yep. really wish they had done this when they dropped AOS, but. It's okay. Hey, look, you know what? You live and you learn. So, I mean, we all know the AOS rollout wasn't everything it could have been. They've learned. Obviously, they've gotten way better. Oh, yeah. Whatever. You know, whatever for that. All I know is this daily thing at Warhammer Community giving us another, like, phase or rule or general idea of how that game is going. And those of us who have been playing AOS are like, yep, this Yeah, that's pretty much how I expected. Not going to be as simplified because they have more things and more options in their game, mm-hmm. um, but streamlined enough where I'm so excited for this to come. People who don't play 40k, I mean, mm-hmm. I literally was at I literally was at UGG today, and Ollie, the guy who works there, is like, you know, I don't even play 40k, and I've been following the Warhammer community stuff, and I can see how that game is going to be really fun now. Like it's gonna it's going to flow and do the things it needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's it's I'm it's so excited now. Here's the thing, though. Like, you know, we have, we still don't have a date for it. But, and we know that both that and the General's Handbook 2 are both coming out, ne- like, shortly, soon. Like, you know, your dates is your guess is as good as mine on the dates. Nobody knows those yet. That even, you know, if you're watching uh, you know, uh, uh, Warhammer uh, Live and stuff like that, they keep, they keep not even giving us a hint. Although, now, this I say this much, though, you know... Um, I don't know if they'll drop in the same month. I kind of don't think they will. Two big releases no. like that in the same month. Uh, but I don't, like, people are saying it might be July and August, and I got a feeling it's going to be June and July. It's definitely going to be June and July. That's my thought. Um, I mean, there's no official word, but, I mean, as long as I have been playing this game, edition releases have come out in June or July. Like, literally every one of them. Mm-hmm. So... You know, it just depends what are they going to do first. Are they going to keep the 40K guys waiting and drop the GHB first? Or are they going to release the 40K thing and let that let all those people have their fun while we're still playing OS and then just give us our book the next month? I have a feeling that's the order it's going to go. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. They'll drop the big one in June and then follow up in July with the next handbook. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen, but who knows? That's what I think, and I mean, honestly, that's kind of what I hope is going to happen. It just makes sense that way to me, that it just mm-hmm. and it goes that way. I mean, I'm excited for the General's Handbook, too. Um, yeah. I think I think we're going to see not just the point adjustments, but I, I think we're going to see some rules adjustments, or at least some, some new ideas there or some suggestions on how things we can do. Um, yeah, and they're going to be focusing a lot on the narrative play. Um, and kind of bring that more to the fore. At right. least that was the result of conversation we had at Adepticon. Um, but I'm also expecting like a lot of things to not stack in matched play. 
um, like multiple aether chemists, multiple blood secretors, uh, those sorts of things. You can't have the same ability placed on your unit. Yeah, I thought if it had the same name, you could only have that rule of one going anyway. So I thought for most of the time that's how it was. But yeah, I have a feeling they're gonna they're gonna tweak it and make it better. I I really hope. I mean, you know, we've all got our wish lists, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and I just I'm really hoping that we get a few. There, there are a few tweaks that are needed, and I'm just hoping that they come they come through and they give it uh, they get it. They get it uh, uh, tweaked just those little bits uh, a little better. Um, I would like to see one of the things I'd like to see is the uh, our exemptions for certain things for the general rules. You know, mm-hmm. like letting Lord Croak, who literally has a spell and is told he can do it three times, and the rules don't let you for match play. You know, yeah, let that override. Um, you know, little things like that. Um, mm-hmm. That's the type of thing that I'm hoping to see. Just little tweaks that make the things just work. And it doesn't have to be one model specific, but just those small tweaks. Um, one I'm, uh, in fact, it doesn't even affect my army at all. But, you know, um, like when the Chaos Lord can either turn into a greater demon or a spawn. Yeah, yeah. I think if you are removing and replace with another, I don't think you should have to pay for that. I would agree. Like those are the types of things that I'm I'm hoping that those little tweaks, like things that maybe you didn't think of when you said no, you got to pay for everything, because mm-hmm. you know, yes, in general, general rule of thumb, got to pay for everything. But yeah. if it's a replace and it's not a whole new unit coming in, well, I mean, it is a new unit, but it's it's not really a new unit. You're not he's transforming into this other thing. So yeah, and it's so situational, right? So. And it's those types of things that make people sort of. Standoffish and not want to, uh, you know, ugh, I can't use it. So, you know, I, for me personally, those are like the small things that I want to see. And I, I'm just, I'm naming specific uh, instances of those those more varied ideas. But I, I have nothing but confidence that they're gonna that they're fully aware of these. Yeah, not, you and I are not the only people with these suggestions, and they've actually, oh no, and they've been listening so. We can only hope, right? Yeah, I mean, you hear them on the on the on the TV, and you see them when when they come to these events. I mean, they're definitely, you know, listening. Um, and so, I, I'm like I said, I'm I'm just excited. I'm excited for. <sighs> I got all my 40k stuff ready. I'm getting my. I've got my AOS stuff going. Uh, I I couldn't be happier. Like I said, if if this edition comes out and is it. I mean, already. I, in fact, I know I'm going to like it. We've already seen so many reveals on how this, on how 40k is going to play. I'm mm-hmm. in. I'm in. I've got my two games now, and Games Workshop is both of them. Congratulations, guys! You did it. They did the thing mm-hmm. that when we used to play, you never thought you could do. They bridged the gap between the fantasy players and the AOS players. We can play both now and be totally cool and excited about it. Yeah, so. it's going to be big, exciting times. Yeah, dude, big, I'm, exciting times. I'm just jazzed, and that, like I said, this, this is more rumors than news at this point. We usually don't do rumors anymore, but hey, nobody has the date, so if we're talking about this, it's rumors. So, mm-hmm. so um, that's about that. I think. Um, do you want to just jump into the toolbox and get get it done? I and mean, we've only been going what seven, sixteen minutes, so that's not really enough to take a break. So yeah, sure. Put in the toolbox. Brought to you by Chaos Arc Superstar. Chaos Arc Superstar. Chaos Arc Superstar. 
Yeah, love me some Chaos Rock Superstore. All right. So, uh, what modeling have you been doing, brother? Um, well, I've been uh, working on more Stormcasts because you know I can't get away from them. Um, I love I've it too. also. I know. Um, I've also been uh, working on a secret project for Holy Havoc. Oh. Um, so obviously can't talk about it, but um, it's it's going to be very much a time crunch to get it done. Um, but if Wenger a and I can pull this for off, November. Yeah, and you're a pretty quick painter. No, I have to slow down because oh. for how Herner does uh, his paint scoring, there's a lot of things that I miss because um, I don't. I'm not the best highlighter. I'm not the best converter of models. So I'm taking more time to do those things. So yeah. see, uh, uh, I do little stuff like I'll try head swaps and stuff, but honestly, I don't. I don't like converting all that much. I don't I, either, but I'm gonna try. It's, it's a skill that I don't have in my toolbox, yep. so that's something that I need to get better at. Because Stormcast, you pull them out of the box, you put them together. They look how they're supposed to look, and they look great. And people convert them and do Doctor Doom with them, like Herner does. Um, but honestly, it's just not something that ever really piqued my interest. But taking something that isn't Age of Sigmar esque and making it Age of Sigmar esque is something that I can do. So that's what we're going for. Interesting. Yeah, it's, you know, here's the thing: conversions are cool. Like people who do them well, I love to see them. Um, mm-hmm. I, and, and I don't have the skill And it's not that I don't like to do it Because I don't have the skill I think even if I did have the skill I wouldn't do very much of it Only because I look at these things I'm like These look really good like, Yeah, they do I don't, I, don't, I don't really want I mean, you look at the amount of time Herner spends And, I, and his stuff looks great But yeah, getting all those guys And, and just like Here, I'm going to make hats For every one of these models Or I'm going to make leaves To go over the, uh, the tops of the of the capes for every one of these models and it's like yeah you know i worked six hours today i got like three capes done and i'm like oh man like i just don't have the patience for it that's part of it it's like i i want to get that thing painted and get on to the next thing and yeah and it's, it's getting harder with, love it looks great it is it's just with the new aesthetic and the new models that they've been coming out with um almost consistently especially since they dropped aos you look at those models and it's like what do i really need to convert not much. Yeah, I got nothing. I mean, the only time is if there's a, you have a couple of the same maybe character models. Yeah, you yeah. Want to give and you're them trying to mix it up. Like, and, yeah. Mm, I don't know. But, I got, I, that's not my. That's not my bag. It's not. No. To, to people so, who can do it, God bless you. It's cool. Oh yeah. But more power to you. Not me. So, but no, that's uh, pretty much it. And then uh, I finally got rid of all my Malifaux stuff. So that's exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Not that I dislike Malifaux. I listen to the, I listen to the ether, uh, the breachside broadcast. I love the story. I still have the book. Oh yeah, I still it's have the quality books, stuff uh, yeah. podcast. Um, but it's just something I'm not playing with. And honestly, it's just like any time that I get free time to play, I want to play AOS. So yep, that's, that's what yep. I'm gonna do. Infinity's gone. AOS or Malifaux's got gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I have room for two games. Maybe three, um, but right now it's two, and GW managed to get both of them on me. Yeah, so, good on you. You know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
So let's see. Uh, I did finish my frigate. I have to do the base, but I finished the actual model. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of time. Now, did you use, like, sprays for the metallics, or no. how exactly did you? No. Oh, boy. No. I primed the model black, and I painted Or no, gray. I primed it, uh, the storm vermin fur, or whatever that gray is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I painted the whole thing by hand. I wish I knew how to use my airbrush well enough, or I had a place down here. I'm in the crypt. I don't have enough ventilation to be airbrushing right now. Um, because I would have, I mean, like I said, okay, first of all, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think it was in 12 parts that I was painting it in. Yeah. And, uh, like I would have loved to have just taken the boat and taken, uh, the airbrush with, and done the, the screamer pink and then the null oil wash over it. So it looked nice and smooth and even and a heck of a lot faster than hand brushing on two coats. Because I tell you what, Duncan's right. Two small, two thin coats is great, but on something like this, two thin coats is soul crushing. Because then I had to go in and to to get that beautiful tan, that like nice tan color. Mm-hmm. You know, that's two different colors. I had two thin coats of the base color over the red, and then I had to do the two regular coats. This thing took forever. I'm proud of it. Yeah. Like it's it's one of the better. Th- I've I've become a better painter in the past 12 months i think 12 to 18 mm-hmm. months i have gotten better not great not going to be put up for any paint awards but my stuff is noticeably better than it used to be and it's cleaner i think is why it looks better um but this took a long time and uh, these these boats they're beautiful but i was just going insane like i kept thinking i was getting close to done it's like oh look there's another detail i didn't notice i have to go paint that Oh look! Here's another thing. Oh look! Here's another thing. They're busy. Oh yeah. And there's just so much. I mean, seriously, I spent almost two weeks just on that frigate, mm-hmm. like just sitting and painting and painting and painting and painting. It's it, they're it's amazing. Uh, the Arconauts, um, you know, sitting through that class with Duncan and him giving you the basics on how to paint one of them, I could crank through these babies now with just a few basic colors and get them to. Definitely to a good, a decent tabletop standard, which is kind of where I'm at with them, you know? Like mm-hmm. the Stormcast, I'm really trying to go and get the decals and do all the little details right. But I've, I got these, I have some of these uh, overlords and I'd, I'd like to kind of do it. So I'm, 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 uh, anyone who watched my second and last YouTube video knows that speed painting is not for me. But... Um, I think I can get these guys done at, at a decent clip and have them look pretty good. Like, I'm happy with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. And I've been painting, uh, uh, obviously, my Stormcast as well. I got a couple of the uh, the riders, the Drakoth riders with the crossbows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that's, I'm just, just cranking along with them. That's what I'm you know, getting it, getting it done. Uh, and that's, uh, yeah, that's about it for my modeling, too. But I, that frigate's done. I'll get some pictures up of it. I'm really super happy with it. So much detail. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, somebody was really pulling a tryhard on this. So, uh, you did doing any gaming? Um, A little bit. Um, I got a game in with uh, my buddy Dan, um, one of the local Fire Slayer guys up here. Um, and tried out just some crazy little list um and he used old points 
Um, so, I mean, it was a good game. It just came down to he couldn't keep up with me um, with output-wise, um, even with all of his crazy saves. But the big story was on the table next to me. Um, one of my other local guys uh, was running a guy through uh, AOS with uh, Sylvaneth versus Death. And the Death player wanted to bring Nagash. And, okay. Well, Kevin put down a Wildwood and a gash died to the Wildwood. It wasn't a Sylvaneth Kurnoth Hunter. It wasn't the Spirit of Durthu. It was somebody cast a spell. The tree went off, killed Nagash. It was awesome. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. I don't know if Nagash cast the spell that killed himself, but... Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say he tried to run through it and roll the one. I was going to be like, that's no, you worse. can't. You can't do that with a Wildwood with heroes or monsters. Oh, that's right. Um... But the spell thing, when it goes off, that's what killed him. And it's kind of like, huh, one's happened. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, um, but that's uh, really about it. How about you? Uh, I've been getting ready for Coalescence, so I haven't had time to play AOS. Although I have been playing uh, two things. I've been playing a little tack with Harrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know, if someone does, if you don't know what tack is, if if you've uh, read uh, The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Sure. That's the uh, the game that they play. It's sort of oh. sort of like a chess game. Uh, last year, Patrick Rothfuss's friend uh, got together with him, and they sat down and they actually they made the game. Hmm. And it's kind of cool. It's got... Uh, you, you lay down certain pieces and you try to build little connections and roads and you can cap them off and stop people from getting points from your little road that you're building or like wall type of thing. Uh, it's 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 kind of hard to explain unless you actually see the pieces and the board. But you can learn how to play in like a half hour. Uh, and hmm. then once you know how to play, like that's when all like the strategies get deep. It's actually a really cool game. Um you know, it's got that sort of, remember when we were kids and they would always advertise Othello on TV? It's like a minute to learn, a lifetime to master. It's one of those types of games. It's really, it's really good. Hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like the name, it's like you're doing something from the name of the wind, which is really cool. Uh, that and uh, Star Wars, the new Destiny Dice set came out. So Heather has been opening her, got bought a gravity feed of them. And she's opening the packages and separating out the dice and the cards and building new decks. And so we'll be playing a little Destiny dice. It's something that's a it's a quick game. You can play on the side, um, do stuff with family that's not just toy soldiers. So that's kind of what I've been doing hmm. and prepping for coalescence. So yeah, that works. You uh, you got any other? Um, well, we Carrie and I ran through uh, the new Bill Nye show on Netflix. Um, it's called Bill Nye Saves the World. Yep. Um, it's a pretty good show. Uh, it's got some really weird parts to it, too. Um, <laughs> ew, like the sex junk rap. That just... Ew. What? Yeah. Um, one of the actresses from uh, My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or whatever it is, she does like some sex junk rap because they talk... Ab- it's not so much like understanding like... The process of having sex. Okay. And you don't get to see Bill Nye talking about doing it or anything. Um, although that would have been a great show too. But it's more like understanding like the spectrum and being accepting of other people and just going ah. through that whole process. And somebody wrote this really obnoxious, obnoxious 
It's awful. Oh, I saw a part um, of that. Yeah, it made me not want to watch the whole series. Yeah, no, no, no. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. No, like no. if you f- if you erase that part, the rest of it's fine. Um, yeah. So we went through that because you know we grew up with Bill and I figured why not? Sure. Um, trying to think what else I watched Dread again. That was awesome. The it's, the one with um, with Kurt Ka- Carl, Carl Urban. Urban. Yeah. I love that movie. I mean, it's just the yes. raid. It's basically the Raid Redemption with Judge Dredd in it. Um, and that's fine. Yes, it is. They both came out the same year, and I love them both. I wish my stupid 3D TV actually did 3D properly. I can't ever get it to work right. Because that mm. movie is kind of fun to watch in 3D. Sure. I'm, I can't do 3D. Can't you know do what? it I don't like all. 3D, but you know when, they, when the guy gets shot and the bullet goes into one side of face and comes out the other, and then the cheek opens up and all the teeth come flying at you... Dude, that's actually kind of cool. I don't know. I just have memories of like Jaws 3D. But that was um, awful. I mean, even I know. Remember, then, remember Friday the Thirteenth 3D? No. Oh yeah, dude. Friday the Thirteenth Part Three was 3D, and they had all the like obligatory "oh look, it's 3D" scenes, like the guy's juggling apples, so the camera's above him, so the apple comes right out at you and then back away. And then Jason mm. shot a harpoon at the guy, and it came right at you, and then it cut, and then the guy was screaming, and it was sticking out of his eyeball socket, like a whole harpoon, because that's lev- You got that kind of balance. And he's swinging around, the, so the harpoon is, like, waggling at you as he's screaming and rocking his head back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, that's, and it just, it just seems like there's, for 3D, it just, like, you create the movie specifically for 3D effect. And I don't like that. So, yeah. Uh, honestly, um, like I said, that stuff on Dread was pretty cool. It was the only time I ever tried because I, I bought the TV. Because if you buy the TV, and the guy was telling me with the 3D, you know, like the basically the processing engine has to be better. So he's like, even mm-hmm. if you don't use the 3D, you're still getting a really good picture because you have that. You know, your processors are able to run that fast, or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, one day I tried to turn it on, could not get it to be work for my, to save my life. I never tried it again, though. But I got to agree with mm-hmm. you. Well, I, I saw, I went to saw Guardians yesterday. Oh, okay. And uh, they're like 3D. I'm like, no. I, no I, thanks. I, I, I have, I don't, I don't pay extra money to go see it. In 3D. I, 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 it's. There's only been about two movies I think I've ever seen that the 3D has really made it. Like I'm like, wow, that was actually really cool with the 3D. Was one of them Avatar? Yes. Okay, because that was the only thing that made Avatar anything watchable. You know what? And watching it with all the cool 3D, and I walked out of the theater going, wow, that was so cool. And then I saw it again in 2D, and I was like, oh, this movie's stupid. Oh, yeah. It's Dances with Wolves meets Pocahontas meets Blue Smurf Kitties. Oh. Like, I cannot stand that movie. No, I can't. Like I said, first time I was so blown away watching all the effects and stuff. And I was. I was. I was literally watching a movie. And just I'm just eating popcorn and being entertained with like my, my blew the top of my skull off, and mm-hmm. then but then watching it again, going oh, this is cool. We should go. You know, I, take the kid with me. Let's go see this. You're gonna love this. You know the little kids. I was like, this is stupid. What what are we doing here? This is Why are we watching this? Unobtainium? Seriously, unobtainium? Why is somebody not beating you constantly during the production meetings? But I'm sorry, I'm getting you're upset. I'm, I'm getting upset. And there's like three more movies coming out. And they're building the whole park. Don't even get me started. Um, the other one was Gravity, which is another movie. Which I saw oh, the Sandra Bullock one. 
I saw that in IMAX 3D, and I, I, you know, I bought the ticket, but I only used the front edge of the seat because that was just crazy in 3D. Watching it at home, you know what? That's another movie. Take away all the giant, cool special effects. Meh. I say mm-hmm. meh to that movie too. I know a lot of people love it. I was like, oh uh, no! I tried to watch it on television at home. I'm like, this is this movie's boring. Like, there's, you know, her character is so thin and so that's uh, so stock and so predictable. Uh, once you got away from the giant, you know, that whole fear of being out in that giant open space, which was that IMAX 3D was cool. But we're totally off topic. Um, mm-hmm. So you watch it? You watch or see anything else? I got a couple. Um, no, you go. Uh, I did. I'm caught up on the Expanse. The show is still so good, and uh, and I love that lady, the lady that plays Abasarla. Uh, she's that older lady. She's got that really that sort of deep raspy voice. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished Iron Fist, so I'm all caught up and ready for the Defenders. Um, I did not hate Iron Fist as much as other people did. I think if you didn't have like Daredevil and Jessica Jones and that to compare it to, people wouldn't be complaining as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed that. I'm almost caught up on The Walking Dead. I'm almost caught up on Supernatural. Uh, meanwhile, I'm just about done with the first half of season five of Breaking Bad for the fourth time. Um, Harrison wanted to watch it, so. Really? Oh, yeah. The fourth time? Mm-hmm. I watched it through, okay. I watched it through the original. Se- well, I came in super late. Chris, you talked me into it. Uh, I started watching it. I was like, just a little less than three weeks before that second half of season five started. Um, mm-hmm. And I watched all of it. Like, uh, I only. It, it took me. It was two weeks before it started. I missed the premiere of that first episode on the last half of the season. It took me three weeks to get to it. So then I watched that on the DVR and I was caught up. And then as soon as the series ended, I was kind of blown away. I just went back and started to watch it all over again. And then I watched it some point later. A third time, and then Harrison wanted to see it. I think that show is fascinating. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Like just watching the characters develop in that show is crazy. Still haven't watched it. <laughs> it's amazing. It is absolutely incredible. So that's what mm. we've been watching. And then get this, get this, get this. So um, I got tickets for. Now get this. This is where Buford T. Justice comes in. From the beginning of the show. Here's where I'm tying it all back together, okay? On Sunday, May 21st, that's the Sunday after Mother's Day, I have tickets. My brother-in-law and my father-in-law and I are going Sunday afternoon to see the 40th anniversary restored, cleaned-up print in the theaters, one night only, Smokey and the Bandit. (laughs) We okay. To see, we got you got Jerry Reed singing and driving a truck. You got Burt Reynolds with the hat and the big mustache flying around in the in the in the in the the, the, the Trans Am. You got Sally Field, and you got the immortal Jackie Gleason as <laughs> Sheriff Buford T. Justice. And uh, you know, just bad, you know, uh, offensive jokes, you know, car races, car crashes, dude. It's like everything wonderful about the mid-70s in 90 minutes. We're so going. (laughs) 
I saw it and I posted it. Sounds like, awesome. I posted up and my brother-in-law, who like can never find time off work for anything, he's like, I'll, I'm, I'm in. You tell me what day and I will get off work. And my father-in-law's like, yeah, I'll make sure he goes. I'll be there too. I'm like, are you guys serious? Like I posted this. I didn't think anyone would take me up on it. And they're like, we'll be there. Hmm. I'm like, all right, we're going. So super yeah. excited going to see Smokey and the Bandit. So hmm. I'm such a dork. No, no. It's I mean, like if somebody put up like um, an Errol Flynn, like the Errol Flynn's Robin Hood right. or Captain Blood or something like that, I would nerd out for that. So, I mean, everyone's got their thing. Well, so, last so. Christmas, because uh, that Fandango always does this. Like Morgan and I went and we got to watch the restored, cleaned up uh, print of uh, It's a Wonderful Life. We went, oh, it's it's a wonderful life. Woo. Don't, that is my favorite movie of all time. I will happily woo It's a I Wonderful not, Life. I'm not joking. It is my favorite. I'm not saying it's the best movie ever made. It is my favorite movie ever. Um, and it was Christmas Eve. And we went to oh. an early show. It was or was it Christmas Eve or the weekend before Christmas Eve? I don't remember which. Might have been Christmas Eve. We went at like eleven thirty in the morning and we sat and we got to watch it on the big I've never seen it on the big screen. So exciting. Mm. It was so wonderful. All right. So that's I think that's the toolbox. Probably. Um, all right. So before we get to this interview with Ming through the uh through the uh you know, miracles of space time travel, um so we're gonna we're gonna cut to this interview with Ming when we come back. Um mm-hmm. And uh, he was nice enough to come on and talk about stuff. Uh, I just we're gonna after the interview we're gonna come back. We're gonna have some a, a little bit of information about the coalescence event and what we're doing here locally. So if you are local and you're hearing this and you want to come play, uh, we will have we have spots available and uh, we'll give you all the information that we have um, for it. Then um, uh, the only other thing is, and this is just I was editing up. I was I was trying to edit the interview with me. And Ming was great. He was great to have on. Um, but, like, I wanted... Okay, first of all, you know, he, he he had an interview coming up with Chris Tomlin, and they were discussing the merits of narrative play and what that means and what's narrative versus competitive. And so he didn't want to get too much into that territory because he had already sort of, you know, penciled that in with Chris. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to go there too much. But then once we started the interview, we realized we never really figured out, like, talking to the whole group like how much we could spill about what we're plan what's being what was in the planning stages still. Yeah. So <laughs> there are parts of the interview where it, it it's and it's not it's not Ming's fault, it's just me being a really bad interviewer where I think we just kinda were like there were parts where I was just like, Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so excited. And like I mm-hmm. like I was like I wanted to ask him something and I kept coming up like I had I had questions. Yeah, I had that too. And then I kept getting there was to a lot of that. And I kept getting to the question, going, "Oh wait, I don't think I can ask that. Oh wait, I can't ask that. Oh wait, I can't ask that." And uh, so then you're kind of you're kind of you know you're 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 winging it there, trying to get to that next part. So if it gets a little wonky, uh, I I totally apologize. I'm trying to edit it down so it sounds clean and tight. And maybe you wouldn't even have noticed it, but. Uh, there was a part in the middle of that interview where – and Ming was doing great, and I felt like that old Saturday Night Live sketch where Chris Farley gets in the elevator with a famous person. You know, and he's like, mm-hmm. hey, remember when you were in that movie? Yeah. And remember when you got in the car and you drove around that part? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. Like, that was like – I that's how I felt. <laughs> so I hope I don't come across that way. But I might. But I'm yeah. off topic again. I'm going to stop right now. Uh, back in a couple with that. And then after that, we'll, you and I will be back to wrap up the show. Yeah.
unique gifts and games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. And we are back talking with a very special guest. We have Ming joining us today. How are you, sir? I am doing very well, thank you. How are you all? <laughs> Better now that you're on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are super excited. I mean, you have no idea. Um, for those of you who don't know, Ming is uh, one of the guys who runs uh, the Realms at War series of tournaments in the UK. And um, this is this is my kind of tournament. So... Um, having you on and, and we having him on today um, because if you heard, we talked on the last episode um, about Coalescence, which is a well, it's a pretty much worldwide batch of one-day mm-hmm. tournaments that's going to be going on, isn't it, Ming? That's right. It's the first ever global narrative event of uh, for Age of Sigma, and it's going to happen on the 10th of June. Really looking forward to that. Oh, my, I am too. Um, I was, I was, I was honored when I was asked to to come on and and talk with you guys about it, and invited to be a part of that whole whole thing with some of the guys who are going to be uh, running it. Now, of course, of course, I have to be special because my whole family is going to be gone on the tenth. So we're going to be running it at Unique Gifts and Games on the third, and we're just going to keep our results quiet until the tenth. You know, to start off here, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Ming, can you tell us a little bit about? Uh, your, you know, your experience in the hobby, and uh, maybe what you, you know, sort of how, how you came about to be running, you know, all this, all these types of narrative uh, events, because it's, it's, it's sometimes it seems a little harder to run a narrative event than just a straight up <clears> tournament. <throat> so, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, I've got um, something really special for you. Uh, I, I trust that you will like this. So, in the world that was, I was once a champion of the lady. A protector of the weak and defender of chivalry. In the age of chaos, I succumbed to the perverse call of the Dark Prince. And now, in the age of Sigma, I seek our missing god, Sinesh. So I am, as you can obviously tell, a story slinker. A and story a slinker? <laughs> wow. Well, it's going to stick, isn't it? It's going to stick. TM that, TM that real quick. Yep. Uh, who's going to team that? That's Rotor. Rotor's the one who comes up with this stuff. He's the yeah. That's right. So all right. So I t- and I take it you uh, you play Chaos. I, I currently do play a Chaos Army, um, mainly Sinesh, uh, because that that's what draws me back into the whole setting. Uh, the fact that the gods missing. Um, and actually, I just recorded a podcast with Mortal Realms talking all things Sinesh. So nice. listen up that when it when it drops. Um, but before this, I started in 8th edition playing Bretonians, uh, which was my first army. 
uh, picked up a number of painting awards from it, which was quite surprising given it was my first army. But um, since then, I dis- discovered I had a natural talent or so with a bit of hard work in painting. Uh, but really, my focus in the game is all about the narrative. Um, I ran in 8th edition during the end times uh, what was called the Hobby Ming Invitationals, which was a very uh, lighthearted, narrative-driven um, tournament. Or, well, I actually wouldn't call it tournament, I'll call it an event uh, which people really enjoyed. And now in the age of Sigma, I think the narrative play is is just so fundamental to the game. And the fact that GW have come up with narrative as one of the three ways to play, I think it just makes opens up borders and it makes it so much easier to get the the our ethos and how we like to play the game out there for the people. Um, so last year I ran Realms at War uh, with uh, Eat Ming's Foot, which comprised of Jimbo, Mitzi and Steve Foot. And I would say, hands down, the best UK narrative event. Um, I'm just saying out there so that I'm challenging you guys to host something that's better than Raw so that I can come and actually play in it. (laughs) Nice. Very nice. This whole idea. uh, And I agree with you. When they came out with the narrative gaming, uh, even when the General's Handbook came out and and the the points section was was the tiniest section, I'm like, this is fantastic because we love playing... Uh, scenario games. Even when Chris Yu was on the show, he and I, and uh, Christopher, even and I, would pick out the go to the back and find the stories that they would tell in the in the in the large fluff section on the giant books, and um, and and run you know scenarios and ideas based off of the stuff that they dropped. They dropped there. I know Alex, you enjoy doing that too. Not necess- yeah, yeah. not necessarily balanced, perfectly games, but games that are going to be going to be fun and and lead to some. Uh, I guess it, we we liked to try and find games that, at the end, we really wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, not just oh my gosh, it was the last roll, and I you know I rolled sixes all day and stomped them. It was just more of a you know that whole idea that this this is a game worthy of 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 a tale later over dinner to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, when I saw, in fact, I remember listening to. Um, when you were on uh, with Tomlin before on Black Sun, when they were when he was covering all those quick short episodes for the Mingvitational, and I was just like so jealous. I was just like, oh, it was so such a cool concept and stuff to run. How do you how do you put something like that together though? Like, I mean, it's obviously it's not just who stomps who, you know. Um, you know, how do you guys come up with uh, you know how to? Uh, I guess how to decide who did what at the end of the day. Like if you're having a bunch of guys show up. I mean, I know you can just have stuff where it's like it's not for prizes, it's for fun. We've had days where we've done that. Uh, for people out there who want to start something narrative, where, what do you suggest then, I guess, is my question. Uh, I, I would suggest having knowing the type of people you want to invite or people that you'd want to see in, in the event itself. Um, so as much as I enjoy competitive gaming too, that's not what narrative is about. And narrative is all about playing a game together to tell that story. And if you can find people of similar interests, the game just naturally flows that way. And you may have a really simple scenario, capture this artifact in the middle of the board. People will develop stories around it. So it is partially down to the players. And I guess that's where this mindset isn't natural to some people. And what we are doing here as at Neon, which is the narrative event organizer network, 
is to come up with simple ways of trying to bring people into it and just ease them into our our our, our way of thinking, if I may say that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Because even the descriptions on like the TGA of like what a neo is and how to run a narrative event. I mean, that's. I mean, I run large scale events, but they are all like match play competitive environments. So even reading that, a lot of that was new information to me. Realistically, for those that haven't seen it on the TGA uh, Grand Alliance forum, yeah, and yeah, definitely go and um, if you haven't looked at it, go to the Grand Alliance, and you can. I think you could just search Coalescence. And uh, there's a whole thing on there now for mm-hmm. stuff or, or search uh, neon, um, but it's like I said when 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 I, when I was asked, "Hey Dave, are you interested in this?" I've I mean, I've I've been spending I've been wasting a lot not wasting but a lot of free time at work. Like any time a free period pops up, it's like I'm kind of half grading, half running through this stuff with you guys. Like, wow, okay, this is cool. Wow, this is great. Um, and and I think some of the beauty of this is you can sort of do anything if you get, like you said, the right group of people, and there are people who want to use their imaginations. Um, now, for, for Neon, the it's, it's going to be one day, like we said, um, mostly four rounds for most places, um, you know, time allowing, because um, they're smaller games. And uh, smaller games, larger concept. <laughs> That's what I've been telling people who've been asking me at Unique Gifts and Games. Um. And uh, but they, like you said, they're not necessarily balanced, uh, you know, like uh, because it's it, you said it's more about getting the story out. So but there are other sort of, you know, ob- objectives and things you can do. So it's not even necessarily about winning the scenario, although it's nice to win the scenario. Uh, it's 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 about um Watching what happens and helping that's helping the story unfold sort of in the game. Um, it's not individual either, is it? We're breaking people into teams. Am I correct? I believe so. Uh, I think it's uh, based on Grand Alliances. So um, I'm not sure if you've, you've talked about the, uh, the storyline behind the Coalescence event, but uh, it, it's all to get your Grand Alliance Ascendant to gain control of this uh, amazing power behind the scenes. I didn't know how much I could talk about, so I've literally not told the audience anything yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I kind of I was kind of I was kind of waiting to take your your lead on this, but yeah, that's that's part of it. Is so it doesn't even have to be even teams. Um, you know, uh, you know, you, you're you're hoping to have someone at your event, or we're hoping to have someone at the event from each of the four grand alliances. Um, but once that happens. Um, the, you know, you can sort of split them up however you like, uh, and then and then they're trying to get, like you said, grab that 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 shard. Now, um, we've got a couple of different scenarios that guys have been running back and forth. Um, one of the most fun things I've been having doing is you guys just keep dropping links to your stories, like your personal, like your your. Oh, this is the story we're going to have. This is some of the stuff we're running, and there's all sorts of fluff coming through it, and and story ideas. Um, it's just it's it's. It's a little overwhelming. I'm not even going to lie. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> we were, <laughs> and Alex, it was so funny. Um, I, I think it, it was either yesterday or Thursday. I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't even know why I'm in this group. Like, I don't have anything to add like this. <laughs> like, you guys are just blowing my mind. I'm like, what is going on here? This is like everything I've wanted to see in, in, uh, it, when we play games. Um, you know, back down to when, cause I mean, when I started, 
you know, playing this. Like Christopher and Harrison and I would write up, you know, stories for our armies, and everybody got a name, and you know, you, you know, you you would take, you know. If you were playing chaos guys, you would take or, or 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 Skaven, you would take units in the number size to match their special number, you know, all sorts of just stuff that people when you're playing competitively would look at you like like you had lobsters crawling out of your ears, and um, and and now it's like oh hey <laughs> hey these guys are doing that this is so this is so fantastic like it's really about. Um, about the story, um, now, like I said, I'm not certain exactly how much we, c- I'm not, uh, you know, how much I'm allowed to, to tell people beforehand. So, uh, Ming, would you mind sort of giving, you know, because obviously you do know, would you mind giving people the lowdown on 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 Neon? What's what's happening? Um, with you know that way, I don't say something I shouldn't. <laughs> To be honest, I'm not actually entirely sure how much I should be saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks. All that's good. Is, uh. is I think the the main man behind the um, coalescence actually has to be um, Eric from Mortal Realms podcast. Um, yep. uh, so he he's the one who's leading this event uh, because what happened in in the the neon group is that the majority of us have our individual sort of events. So for example, you've got myself, Steve, Jimbo, and Mitzi doing Raw. You have Sean and Kai doing Hobby Hammer. Uh, sorry, no, yeah, Realm Hoppers under the moniker Hobby Hammer. You've got um, Herner with Holy Wars. Um, and it kind of said, Eric, you're, you're part of this group. You've, you've, you are one of the key founders. How about you take control of this one? Because like you mentioned, this, this WhatsApp group is, has gone massive and loads of information gets chucked out every day. You, you, you look up, wake up in the morning and see your phone's got 300 messages. And you go, oh, how are we going to deal with this? Um, so we said, Eric, I think you should take, take charge. Uh, so he's been doing a really good job grabbing everyone's ideas, splitting up the tasks into um, teams that do the narrative side of it, teams that do the gameplay side of it. And then there are also people doing the, the blogs. Uh, a good shout out to Boston, who's who's churning out so much information for people out there uh, in the form of blog, how to run the event, what you should be worrying about, uh, that sort of thing, logistical. Um, and yeah, so I, I guess Eric would have been a great person to, to tell us, but I think <laughs> what I can definitely say is we've released um, an initial pack to those who have signed up. And I believe we've got 80 over signups across the world, including one at Warhammer World because GW have noticed this. Um, so this initial pack covers the, the overall narrative, which is about a, um, a god beast that's trapped um, somewhere. And the uh, these crystals or um, keystone shards can be attuned to your alliance and whoever controls that at the end of the day may have the power of Everstrat, this mighty, terrible god beast. So that that's the, the flavor of the weekend. And we've also included the first battle plan to give people, the, the, the Neos, um, a heads up on what's going to happen. And I'm I believe in the next coming weeks, we should be releasing the rest of the, the battle plans uh, right. as well as um, any other sort of event scoring mechanics. And, um, yeah, it's, oh, I, okay, can we just back up just one little second and talk about how Warhammer, Games Workshop, saw, has, has, has you know, the, the guys have you know, seen what's going on here, and they're running one as well? Like, what, what, 
How, what? Yeah, what? you guys were there like <laughs> about a month ago now. Yeah, that's right. The, us lucky guys in the UK were invited to to Games Workshop headquarters. Um, I think that was just a stroke of luck because um, what happened was when when we announced uh, Coalescence in February, um, I think Sean retweeted that and Pete Foley from GW, head of publication and, and box games, noticed it and said, guys, the thing you, you guys are doing is just awesome. Can we be part of it? And we were really honored that they just want to reach out, help out with the entire campaign and stuff. So yeah, that's that is brilliant. Like mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think I think this is the the the, uh, the a bit of you know, repetitiveness you're getting in the last year of at least our show and some others is like, wow, who'd have thought GW would have done that? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you guys are running this. Can we just borrow that and we're going to run it too over here? And you know, you've got this whole you know global campaign going on and for each of these groups uh, you know everyone who's running it is going to report in which grand alliance was on top so there is going to be an overall alliance that winds up on top with with the with the keystone crystals and and controlling a god beast so i i'm oh, i i know i'm i know i'm running it i'm, I'm kind of jealous because <laughs> it's cool to kind of sit and see how things go and, and 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 play and play the storyteller as they say from you know if you play any of um you know, White Wolf role playing games. Um, you know, compiling all the bits and and, and moving the story along and, and watching everyone have a good time. But uh, I'm I'm super jealous that I'm not playing in this one because this is like everything I've always wanted in a tournament or an event day. Um, I just I don't even know what to say. Like I'm just I'm super excited. Like <laughs> everything, <laughs> you know. Um, no, I know the feeling. Uh, every, every time something cool like this happens. People like us are usually the the organizers, and we just just have to <laughs> watch people enjoy it instead of um, enjoying it ourselves. But I, I think there is that merit, that, that satisfaction you get when you host something and you see people around you um, really enjoying themselves. Uh, I think that's its its own pleasure there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, now, since it's not being scored like a tournament, like I win, this guy lost, I won, this guy lost. Can we can we talk a little bit about like the the types of things that we use as uh, you know for I guess for lack of a better term you know who's winning who's you know like how do you how do you score up points and, and grab control of these crystals if you're not just wiping your opponent off the table um, can we are we allowed to discuss that a little bit like not not the specifics but. Um, I know mm-hmm. we, we had discussions and I, I know it can, it can fall into almost anything. In fact, there was a weird discussion about, um, were people requiring paint and were people not and, and things like that. And there were even story ways to, to bring that into it that we were, that we were talking about that aren't necessarily a part of this, but it's like, well, if it works in your local scene, then, then go for it. You know, it's anything, anything that you'd sort of work into a, in you know into a story a legit story reason i mean and not just like you know well my story is i i yeah, i want to win or my story is um you know my story is my i was walking through the forest and i found 27 skyfires and so i i said let's go fight a battle um <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> oh come on why are you I- taking brad's fluff like that i mean come on now <laughs> Come on! In Eighth Edition, we had a bunch of that. When you'd have a story, it's like I was walking through the forest. I found two hell cannons, and I said, "Time for chaos to go to war." Um, 
that was that was that is true though. <laughs> um, but th- these types of things, you know, um, it it seems. I guess what I'm saying, and I'm I'm, I'm I don't know why I'm having so much trouble speaking today. Um, it seems more like when you have the secondary and tertiary objectives that you're getting in the tournaments lately. Those mm-hmm. there's there seems to be just be more of those, and those are the major way to hit. It's like how many of these can you grab? Right. Um, and um, now, uh, are they mutually exclu- exclusive? Are they like uh, you know? Uh, um, if you're running a team, I think you know it's, it can be grabbed once per team. Am I correct on that, Ming? Or is that what people were saying or thinking? That that's the current uh, stance. So. How the the scoring system works is um, the Grand Alliances are trying to um, be favored by the Keystone Shard. And to do that, they could achieve um, up to seven feats that the team as a whole can achieve. And one of them is um, scoring a major victory. But that's just one of them. So you're going to have six other sort of feats that as a team you're going to have to work towards. Uh, I probably shouldn't spoil what they are. Uh, especially if if things suddenly change when we record this, yeah, um, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want, I don't want anything to be ruined. So if if I do ask you anything that you can't talk about, feel free to be like, no, nope, we're going, we're going into the, into the. <laughs> that's behind the secret door. That's totally is, cool. Is that exercising my Fifth Amendment? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but I think these seven feats, um, you only need one team member to actually accomplish the objective to score it for the team. And then um, that, that we're currently working out a system how we then compare these feats against another Grand Alliance, uh, especially given that we, we have no control over how many players there are in a particular local store. It may be from a 10-player to a 30-player tournament, and you could have wildly different scoring systems depending on uh, how many players there are. So I think Eric's still thinking and brainstorming how we can have something that's really simple, yet um, narrative in that sense to, to catch the eye of how you could have that battle between the alliances. Yeah, because that became the one thing that, that, you, that is, I think, is the logistically becomes a difficult thing because if you have, say, you know, like you said, 10 players, you know, and, and literally half of them show up with, you know, Stormcast and... Suddenly, you've got two guys here. You got one death player. It's like, oh, that one death player has got to collect everything, whereas you've got five other players who can collect one thing at a time, and it can totally swing it one way. Um, I know we said it's not balanced, but you still want to have a chance to do stuff for your your grand alliance. So that that there's the logistics of that become become um, where where I'm I'm sort of watching and, and waiting and seeing how that's going to work because. Uh, you know, you want everyone to have a good time, and you want it to be, you know, even though it's, even though the scenario itself might be, uh, you know, um, non-symmetrical, uh, you still want everyone to feel like they have a chance to to succeed. So um, that's kind of what I'm I'm watching. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Now, how yeah, are so, you guys? So, oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, go for it. <laughs> now. now- like, I guess just a follow-up question. How are you guys reconciling the time difference between, um, obviously, like all the different time zones that this is going to be played in? I mean, is this going to be reconciled on Sunday, or are we all going to know how everyone is doing going into it? Because you guys are six hours ahead of us, so we may know how you guys are doing before we even start. So, I mean, how are you guys, like, reconciling that? 
if I were to guess, because I don't think we've actually agreed on this, it would be something collecting all the results on Sunday, maybe even the week after, if, if there are that many players and that many stores to collate results on. Um, but definitely after the event, we'll try and wrap up. And you, you, you can almost see it like a, a swing of results flowing throughout the, the weekend where you have um, those in the East playing their games earlier on and, and seeing death um, reach ascendancy very early on. But then all of a sudden you get a large swing from behind uh, from chaos or something. And with the US being the last few people playing, you may see the results completely changing. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's really cool. That's really interesting. Um, it kind of sets that dynamic, like similar to like how the game plays and you're telling the story and, even just the nature of the planet kind of helps with that. So I don't know. That to me is kind of what blows my mind that we're going to see this kind of swing potentially go through. And I mean, six hours makes a difference apparently. Well, yes. I mean, it's a six hour difference. We're, I mean, we're going to be at unique and games. We've got an eight hour day to play this in. So mm-hmm. we would literally um, be just, you know, um, starting hours as a lot of other people's, are ending theirs as we're getting to the end of our, you know, our part, people down there, you know, people, you know, farther west are, are only, you know, starting as we're halfway through. It's really, it's kind of fascinating. I'm so just interested to see how this, how this plays out. Um, you know, obviously I have a vested interest in it doing well because I'm, I'm a part of it, but I also, I'd love to see it do well because I'd love to see it keep happening. I'd love to see more events mm-hmm. like this. Um, and so I'm just, <laughs> I think, I think we're all sort of sitting around waiting to see how this is like, what's going to happen. I mean, none of us really know this is the first time anything like we've, we've, you know, first time I've been involved in anything like this. I mean, you know, I know GW had the global campaign last summer, but that was over weeks, you know, and you could see how it was going, excuse, excuse me, you could see how it was going sort of in real time on the, on the website. But this is, you know, being that it's it's more homegrown, this is just sort of fascinating to me. Um, yeah, I think it's it's to us is all new. It's it's a learning curve, really. And I think whatever we come out from it, uh, it will be a good learning experience that we can use to better and improve all our future events. So it may not be 100% smooth. Um, I think it, it will be really well run. But uh, I think... Uh, Next year would be even better, and, and we'll just keep on building on that. Absolutely, and it's, it's to, to me one of the reasons. I, and I wanted to have you. I was, it was we were at Adepticon uh, end of March, and I was talking to Alex because uh, you know I, I I've been trying to run stuff at our local store and try to have it be fun and different. And uh, I really rely heavily on Alex because he's the guy who has lots of terrain and, and tabletops and things like that that I don't have all that material to to run stuff at the store level. And um, I had said to him I wanted to run something more narrative, and we were trying to come up with ideas. And I remember pitching to him that there would be realm gates, realm gates on every table. And for the last game, it would literally be a free for all. Like you could run your guys through the realm gates and wind up on other tables. Uh, yeah, we did like, that at Raw. You did? Oh, you did do that at Raw. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Oh, so, did I miss that? Oh, good. Well, can you tell us how that went? Because that's <laughs> great minds, um, that I guess. Was cool. uh, yeah, I mean, I think all, all, all of us have the same sort of mindset. Nothing, nothing is really unique. It's just whether people execute it on the day itself. Um, so at Realms of War, we have uh, specific rows of tables which represent an entire realm. 
Um, and within those four sets of tables of six by fours, uh, we, we made it so that the terrain flows across each other. So actually people could, could literally walk from their six by four into an, an opponent's um, board just to, to mess around. And then you had <laughs> realm gates scattered about, which people just went, yeah, I'll, I'll pop through and uh, my arch enemy is on the other side in um, in Gur. I'm going to teleport all the way there and, and um, annoy him or something. And we didn't actually tell people that that's what they can do. People coming to the event knew that was what we liked and that's the sort of uh, storyline that we encourage. And people just went, um, Ming, could I try that? And we went, yeah, go ahead. Um, Steve, could we do that? Yeah, go for it. And, and just people just started doing that. And um, even though there were what I call a, a top table um, row of tables. So the, those who are doing the highest at the end of the tournament, it was them who were doing th- uh, funny stuff like that, like jumping a, a dragon across um, after he had wiped out an entire board seeking new um, opponents. So it goes to show that people, if, if you let them lose with their creativity, they, they can you, you get really cool things. I, you know, I must have heard that somewhere then. I must have heard it happened and just not mm-hmm. registered it because I'm not that creative. And when that popped into my mind, I was like, wow, that's awesome. And of course, it wasn't my idea. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's one of those that when the Realm Gates came out, I think all of us had that kind of idea of being able to board hop. It was yeah. just execution. And, and okay. It speaks to the mindset of the players here, I think, where mm-hmm. you're in the middle of a tournament, okay, or an event. And once again, it's not a tournament. I think that's part of the mindset you have to get out of. You're in the middle of an event. You're playing. You're doing well. You're at your what you said, your top table thing. And suddenly someone halfway across the, the room is in your area messing with what you've been doing. And everybody's not only cool with it. People are getting excited and saying, well, I'm going to do that too. And suddenly it's happening everywhere. Um I mean, how many times have you guys heard either on a podcast or uh, as feedback from a tournament that, you know, this wasn't defined before the tournament and then they allowed it and that totally messed with what I was planning. And so they -hmm. shouldn't do that. And um, here it's like, hey, like you just said, hey, can we try this? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Uh, it's another this is another instance of where Age of Sigmar has gone from what when, when we had Carl on from independent characters it went from can i do this yeah but to can i do this yeah and that whole not only it, can you do it but it, it's not going to hinder there's not going to be a ton of restrictions put on it it's like let's try this and run with it um and so so how did that turn out i mean i mean obviously people people were were cool with it but i mean did it really I mean, how did that mix up the whole dynamic of of it as as that was happening during the games? I think people got into the idea really uh, quickly that, and and I think they made became a feature of the event. It wasn't something we we planned for, and uh, that's how we 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 really liked it growing organically in that sense. That people uh, because we would do it in our own games if we wanted to back in. It's almost like a garage game. You you sit at home with your bunch of mates and. And do wacky scenarios and, and uh, do things in the game that the rules in the match play event may say you can't um, but you do it because it, it tells a story and the fact that people were doing it just added to that experience and I think that's why you hear it on, on quite a number of podcasts uh, who covered the event they, they just really enjoyed that particular aspect 
there were a few people who obviously felt, "Ooh, is this uh, balanced? Um, this this doesn't feel right." But then actually, once they they switch that part of their brain off a bit, they go, "Actually, that's really cool. I could do something similar." And and it just had that snowball effect. <laughs> Sauce for the goose. Here mm-hmm. I go. Um, did anybody? Was anybody? I could just. Was anybody after they realized what was going on, like calling out for help, like to? You know, <laughs> I'm getting slaughtered here. Can someone come and help me? Because. I could totally picture that, just like shouting out, you know, if someone comes help me, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll hand over one of my shards or one of my objectives to you. Like, I, I mean, not maybe not that far, but I could just picture that starting to go on, getting a little mercenary as you're wiping out and running from place to place. You know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't hear that instance, but I'm, I'm pretty sure there were some backstabbing and, <laughs> and deal negotiating sort of thing in the in the background. Definitely, oh, that's just. <laughs> See and this so perfect. I just want to before we get too too carried away with that sort of really open play, um, loose, have do whatever you want start mindset. I, I just want to bring it back to coalescence where oh, okay. Um, what what we're doing here is it's meant to be a simple event that um, people who've never really run an event before. Um, we 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 supply the resources. We've supplied the pack. This is a sandbox for you. You've got a guideline. Um, <laughs> We would like to stress that you can go ahead and, and tweak and deviate from it, especially if the, that's what the players in your event want. Uh, but equally, if if it's too much and uh, you don't want to go 110%, go absolutely crazy, that's perfectly fine. So it's it's not like, uh, it, well, I mean, it's not those those rigid rules. Whatever your local scene is cool with, go that far. But yeah. That's that's kind of excellent. That's a good idea. It's a fantastic idea. Yeah, and I think that's great because I mean, so often people start to create something like this and it becomes their baby, where it's like at first you're like, hey, let's all do this, and then it's like, no, wait a minute, I, I, I you know, maybe maybe I went a little too far. I, I sort of planned this. I'm running it. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to let that much control go of it. This is the way it should happen, and that's not happening in in the in the group. Uh, as far as I'm seeing, everyone is being very supportive, but even, you know, moving down to that level of organizers planning things and then saying, listen, you know, we're not going to hold you to, you didn't run this, you know, th- you, you didn't have this objective. Uh, it's an in, in invalid, uh, an invalid, uh, we're not counting Result. that. Yeah. So, so see, at the end of the day, what are we really fighting for? We are fighting to tell us a huge, massive story across the entire globe. And the fact that we are even having these gay, uh, games on the same day is already telling that story. It doesn't really matter if, say, Chaos turns up tops or um, Order, again, predictably wins the, the entire <laughs> narrative event. Um, Wouldn't it be cool if Death just swept it? Like, you know... <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Let's be realistic we'll, we'll here. Double goals and, I'm just and, saying, uh, just you know, we, you know, if if we're gonna flip things on its head, let's flip it on its head. That would just be a cool thing to see. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off there. Keep, please keep going. No, I mean, sorry. At the end of the day, it's it's not like y- your Grand Alliance has to win. It's not like GW is going to write the story and, and say because of coalescence, Aristrat now uh, is in favor of Archeon and Archeon's gonna. <laughs> Face. Sigmar died. What? Sigmar died. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Wouldn't that damn be cool, White Tech and Ming. I mean, now come we got. On. Damn White Tech and Ming. Now we got to re- change the name of this game. We got to come up with a whole thing. These de- Eric, now you're on our list, you know. I am not ruling out, though, the possibility that our actions may influence perhaps a single write-up in, in an actual official publication. That's that's my hope. Not and ruling think- it out. I got my fingers crossed. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how, I mean, yeah, I mean, how cool would that be? You know, even yeah. even okay, maybe it doesn't affect the the storyline in the in the big picture, but maybe you're opening up. How cool is it? You open up the next campaign book, which I'm waiting with bated breath for. Not that we haven't gotten enough stuff, but those big campaign books, you know, Realm Gate Wars and stuff, is cool. I like to see what the next story is. You open it up and you're flipping through it, and like one of your scenarios that you ran is one of this battle plans. And, you know, you get that four pages of story in front of it, and you're like, wait, this is what we did. Like, even that little bit would be I, – I, 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 I would plot. I really would right there. That would be it. Even if it was just a little, you know, those little sidebars and or even that, you know, that timeline thing that you see in those books where they talk about a, a specific battle oh, and then yeah. a, a result. If you had mm. that little drop name drop, I think everyone would be so thrilled, and you just have that sense of – you know satisfaction yeah. that you actually took part in it and you went oh that's yeah. awesome <laughs> cotton needs new mm-hmm. shorts you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh what? yeah uh, didn't you oh, did, you never saw dodgeball sorry i'm quoting movies again alex i know you don't watch them so um, <laughs> no no I was, i've seen dodgeball i just don't know what part you're talking at about. the very end See. when they do the double fault and they got to throw the ball he's to get they're they're really excited and jason bateman leans and he's like cotton needs new shorts <laughs> I, I was binge listening to your episodes just before this ep- um, this podcast interview, oh. and the number of times those movie references just fell flat. You need <laughs> co-host. It's oh, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Alex. No, it's it's wonderful. It's because it happened with Chris Yu. If you go back and listen with Chris Yu, there was a whole thing where I did I, I introduced myself as a character from a movie just to see if Chris knew it, and it was never. I mean, you get a guy who watches absolutely every piece of garbage that comes out and then tries to throw the reference out, and everybody else who's normal who doesn't watch that many movies, it's a, it's a thing. I try to, it's, it's that, that weird, awkward sort of humor that I'm trying to work with here. See what I'm trying to do? This is falling flat, too, so I'm, I'm really good at it. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It leaves me wondering, where do you store that? trivia in your head i mean you seem to be quoting movie line after movie line it's just, oh i am wow. a i am a veritable cornucopia of useless pop pop culture references it's you know yes he is three years of film school and just you know never leaving my house i was kind of kept like veal as a child so i just watched a lot of films i was you know kept in a small box and not allowed to grow veal. so it's a- <laughs> <laughs> okay oh boy i'm sorry i'm getting silly here um we know so June 10th, around the world, unless you're in my neighborhood and then we're screwing it up by a week, um, you know, if you are interested in narrative gaming, go, where should they go? Where should they go? If, if, if you're a guy who's interested in A, running it, or B, finding a place locally, where should they go, Ming? I would direct you to TGA. Um, I'm pretty sure it's one of the top hits on uh, the narrative section or the events section. You could probably just Google Coalescence because that's how big it's become. Um, or you could follow any of the Neon uh, 
organizers um, and we will be having that on our feet very soon cool yeah um yeah it's this is going to be awesome like it i'm uh, i'm super excited um this is going to be one of these things where uh you know the people who are into this and want to go and want to be a part of it if if this is your mindset don't miss this I'm not necessarily saying it's absolutely for everybody. If you are not, if you are 100% not a story stinker, you know, uh, I would say try it anyway. If you're willing to give it a give it a yeah. try, try something different. Um, but if you if you are, if you're a guy who's who who's writing backstory and hands your opponent not just a, an army list when you're playing, but but a, you know a sheet, a, you know, <laughs> read my read my story, um, then this. This is going to be a fantastic time. Um, I can't say enough about it. I don't. I'm just rambling at this point because I'm so jazzed. Um, and plus, now I'm more awake and I had an energy drink, so now I'm being stupid. But um, so this is uh, Alex. Do you have anything else you want to ask him? I mean, dude, we've got Ming on the phone. Like, I understand this. <laughs> but, uh, no, no. So I guess the big thing is. Um, if I'm, let's say, a matched play kind of guy, but I want to try something, like, why should it be coalescence? Like, what's what's the big catch? What's the big pull? And why should I make it worth my time to try it out? Good question. Um, my answers would be, one, it's a global event, so that's cool. And two, most importantly, it's simple enough that you don't need to write tons of backstory you could all you need to do is name your characters um you know have have an idea of why you're fighting and just really embrace it uh, so in that simplicity it, it's not that too different from your standard match play uh, mindset and at the end of the day it is just one day of playing um, the game we love mm-hmm. and that is a good enough that last part is good enough reason right there Get together with your yeah. friends and have a good time. Um, I know at UGG we're going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to have little, you know, prizes and certificates for people who manage to pull off special feats. But, um, you know, it's not going to be the typical, you know, best general, best, you know, this, best that. Um, I likened it. I, someone was asking me about it, and I likened it to uh, the Blood Bowl tournaments where you get like the awards for the most fouls, you know, or you get an award for those types of things. It's like the, the stuff you're doing that is that is playing to to the idea of the game as a, as opposed to necessarily the mechanics of the game. Am I am, am I am I wrong in describing it that way? I mean, is that pretty much what what some what, what some of this is happening here? Not at all. That was that was completely spot on. Um, part of the pack that that's been sent out does mention um, price support. That it, it's up to the players, sorry, the the neos to do to decide on themselves. And but we suggest things like um, best army, best story. That those sort of little things that um, is what we stand for and what we like to encourage. Uh, and if the organizers would like to to reward that, it's in their remit, and they can go wild if they wanted to. Excellent. So, um, I think that's it. Ming, is there anything else you'd like to promote, 
or tell people about or anything upcoming. Uh, any any news on the new Raw? By the way, those posters are brilliant. You said it's Steve Foote that's putting those together? Yep. Uh, so... Because oh, I saw that last poster with the I'm sorry with the hunter and the and the giant shadow of the big shadow. Oh, I was just like, oh my! Oh, I mean, seriously, I was freaking out. But is there anything? So you want Raw to Raw 2017 is uh, subtitled Leviathans, and, and as you mentioned, you've got a huge shadow lurking over Hunter in the posters that we released. Um, we've got a little interesting movie theme to the the. Um, uh, run up to the event so that's why you see a script um, on Steve's desk with all typewritered up and all that uh, I think we're releasing the pack out tomorrow which uh, was will be a week ago when this goes live um, we've increased the, the number of tickets to 48 but I expect them to go out really quickly mm-hmm Oh yeah, I'm mean, seriously. If it, if the tickets are avail have been available for a week, by the time you're listening to this, you might be out of luck if you haven't <laughs> haven't gotten them yet. Because <laughs> um, uh, though they do, st- uh, that does sell out pretty quickly, doesn't it? I mean, it's turned from a from a you know a fun little group narrative thing to something that people are really jonesing for. That's when I mean when I listen to the the UK podcast. I mean, this is people jump jump at this really quick. Yeah, and it's it's what's more important. It's not that the people jumping on it really quickly. It's that it's inspired other tournaments, well, events to pop up. You've got the Realm Hoppers and Rise of Empires by Hoppy Hammer. You, um, I think Dan Mitchell was also hoping to run another event, um, but I think personal life meant it had to be postponed. But and then you've got Coalescence here, so it's just really the start of of narrative event uh, in the scene, which which is great because as much as I like a match play tournament. I do like variety and these sort of small, intimate storyline driven campaign weekends, that sort of thing. It's what really uh, I'm really passionate about. So I would love to see more. Yeah, no, that that's yeah, I agree 100 percent. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's it then. You know what? And I know, um, you know, we've taken a lot of your time and I do appreciate your time. Um, so um, I guess that's it, folks. We're going to take a break and Alex and I'll come back and wrap up the show and it'll drop down to its level of mediocrity without our guest here, but you just get used to it. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it was, no, a, it was right. an absolute pleasure to be on the show and, and your, your show is amazing. Um, you, you don't need me. Why? To thank you. Um, seriously though. Um, and after this is done, if you have the time and if this wasn't the complete, uh, you know, horror show that, that, that uh, that it that it could, that it could have turned into for you. Um, if you want to come back, um, we would be so happy to have you. You or I mean, and you know, uh, or you know, Eric or or Steve or any of you guys who are really sort of influential in, in in doing this. We'd love to have you guys come back and talk about any of the narrative event stuff or how things turned out or how it went for you. So. You know. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let me just uh, check my diary. Um, if you contact my secretary, uh, she'll, she'll let you know. Yeah. Open invitation. That's all I'm saying. So, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, it'll be on a, an honor to come back on sometime. Fantastic. Well, thank you, and uh, we will talk to you soon. And folks, um, we'll be back to wrap up in, in just a few minutes.
Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. We're back. We're back. Oh, hope you enjoyed that uh, interview with Ming. Uh, as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you, there, folks. Yeah, um, it was great to have him. Yeah. So, um, all right, coalescence. We talked some about it in the interview. Um, now, it is. It, I think. I think as of now, I think we've got eighty. It's eighty or ninety locations mm-hmm. that it's going to be going on around the world. Okay. Uh, it is going to be going on at Unique Gifts and Games. Um, the only problem is June 10th, I'm going to be out of town. So we're doing it June 3rd. So what we're going to do is we will keep um, the result, um, just uh, the overall result, uh, just quiet until we can run them at the proper time the following week. But Did you write up the NDAs yet? Oh no, I haven't. But I, but I, I've got to. All the people. We got to get on that, Dave. We got to get I'll on have that. It. They'll come into the store. I'll sneak it in with, when they sign in. They won't realize what they're doing. Like now, you can't tell anyone. Quit tweeting. Um, <laughs> uh, so here's the deal. Um, if you're going to come, it's going to be at Unique Gifts and Games. Um, I believe we're gonna we're gonna we want to start at eleven. So I think the store normally opens at eleven, but we're gonna get there a little early. So uh, we're probably gonna try to get the doors open about ten thirty, so everyone can get signed in and ready. And we're gonna have the first game starting at uh, eleven o'clock. Now, what do you need to know if you're interested in playing? What we're doing at UGG is okay. Um, pick your Grand Alliance. Make a list, 1,500 points, okay? Um, some of the games, you may not use full points, okay? Uh, depending on how things are going, uh, we may be doing, you know, we may, you may be impromptu put together in a two-man team, or you may be playing in a scenario that ca- calls for less points. Uh, and so um, you, you may have to sort of, you know, figure out your list on the spot, which is one of the reasons smaller point games have a little more time to make those adjustments. You will need a general that remains your general in every single game, no matter the point size, and he has to have the hero keyword. Okay? So I can't have a Morngul do it. Nope. Oh, man. You're killing me, Smalls. There goes your secret project. No, no. It's totally... It's perfect, realistically. <laughs> um. Now, in a, in a perfect world, we get 8 or 12 signed up, and then we get 
two to three from each Grand Alliance so that it's a perfect world and everything goes. Right now, just when you if you want to play, call Unique Gifts and Games, get your name in, tell them what Grand Alliance you're planning on coming with. Um, the point is you are part of a team. Um, here's the cool thing, okay? It doesn't score like a normal game. It's not just win your games, okay? Uh, there's going to be multiple ways to score points, right, for the bigger objective, the story that's going on here, these crystals that we talked about with Ming. Uh, you want to align the crystals to your grand alliance, right? So now everyone on your team, uh, everyone on any team can score a point toward, you know, uh, aligning the crystals toward them by winning the main scenario, the main objective. We, you know, win the, you know, complete the battle plan, right? Mm-hmm. But there will also be like a half a dozen other things you can do, and you can only score those once per team. Uh, anybody in your team can get it. Like everyone in your team gets it. That's great. You get a point. Only one guy in your team gets it. You get a point. So winning the story objective multiple times, you can score. Um, but on the other objectives, it's it's one per team. I don't remember if we said this with me or not, so I'm kind of rolling through it. Um there are all sorts of twists and turns involved with it. I can't go into a ton of it, although I will have a good portion of this information in the packet. Uh, if you sign up at Unique Gifts and Games, um, and if you give them your email address, I'll send you the what I have of, of the packet ready ahead of time so you can peruse it and get an idea of, of, what, uh, of what to expect. But uh, all I can say is 1,500 points. Try to bring a semi-balanced list because... You never know what you're going to be called on to do um, because it literally involves all of the points uh, really fall towards the storytelling aspect. It's not, oh, did you wipe out this much stuff or did you do these? It's, it, I mean, yeah, some of it is, you know, but it's more of like, you know, you know, the underdog taking out a bigger model or something like that. You might get points for that. You might get points for this. Um, one of the things I equated it to was remember when uh, – in eighth ed, uh, and I know they did a blood in the sun, and they did it at some of the other tournaments. The bingo cards, yeah, yeah, where you would have things that could happen in the game that were really fun and cool things that happened in the game, but might not be, you know, it it had nothing to do with you actually stomping on your opponent, but it had something more to do with the flavor and the fun of the game. Mm-hmm. Some some of that type of stuff is what I like to compare it to. So you're telling me I should bring like a fun and thematic list as opposed to a ball stomper. Uh, I, I would, you know, every, 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 every guy running coalescence is going to run it his own way. Um, you can, you can bring a, 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 you know, a meat grinder if you want, but that's not necessarily going to get you all those other points. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, that's what I was trying to yeah, point out. I would love to see, try to, try to bring something that's going to be balanced and is going to be fun. Um, you know, I'm going to have things like when you sign up, when I email you, I'm going to ask, hey, what's your general's name? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's going to be part of the story. These generals are going to be fighting each other. You know, uh, I would definitely love to call out instead of saying, you know, Alex is playing against Tom. I would love to be like, you know, the forces of general something are fighting the forces of general something else. That type of thing. Um, you know, like I said, this is really trying to get, and I mean, if it sounds dorky to someone, whatever for you, um, we're really trying, the whole point is to immerse the, the whole day into 
This is about the adventure. Anybody mm-hmm. can win this at the end of the day. It could swing. It could go all sorts of ways. It's not about I won three games. You can win all three of your games and your team may not win because that's not what the day is about. The day is about that story and how it comes across. Um, now, what we're doing, I don't know what other places are doing. Uh, UGG, it's a very small entry fee. We're asking 10 bucks for the day, but that includes lunch. How dare you? So, hey, excuse me. Oh, goodness. A little, little belch there. Um, we got lunch. We got, uh, we'll have like a little awards. Um, there will be some painting and some other awards. Um, you know, I, I've got some things like that. So if, if you can pull, pull off some miracle story feats, you too can win some sort of certificate or award. Um, like I said, we're not going off the deep end with, um, huge prizes for winning and smashing face. Uh, this is really, we're really just focusing on a bunch of us being there, playing games, having food, telling a great story, and seeing which uh, which of the uh, which of the grand alliances can gain control of this uh, this crystal and get it in tune with with their side and and push forward the agenda of that that alliance. So um, that's about it. I'm I'm, I'm perfect world, dream world. We've got. Three order, three death, three destruction, three chaos. I mm-hmm. would I would be ecstatic if that was the way it turned out, and then everyone you know randomly winds up playing against each other, and uh, you get all these games, and, and you see how that works out. But that's just me. So hopefully we can make that happen. I, I you know I'm 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 just excited to get together and do this again. So uh, like I said, if you're interested, um, please. Uh, you know, give a call to UGG and um, and reserve your place. As a matter of fact, if you are interested and you're local, I might as well just do this. I have it in front of me. 847-548-8270. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Call them. Reserve your spot. And uh, come and hang out with us on June 3rd and have a fantastic day of gaming. Um I think that's about it. You got anything else? Uh, yeah. The only other thing I wanted to do was a quick plug. Um, good friend of the show, uh, Domus, is uh, going to be running an Age of Sigmar tournament in oh, I, East oh, Peoria. Yeah. Um, it's called the uh, Midwest Meltdown, um, July 14th through 16th. Uh, so that's going to be a 2,000-point match play. Um, and it's going to be scenarios straight out of the book. Uh, with some secondary and tertiary objective tweaks. Um, he's got room for 40 people. I believe he's about halfway full. Um, entrance fee is about 50 bucks. Um, he's got a Facebook group right now uh, for Midwest Meltdown. Um, I think that's kind of how he's doing it. But he's about halfway there on signups. Um, I'm going. It's uh, going to be a fantastic time to- Thomas always does. I'm so jealous. Fantastic work, and yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a good time. And if you can make it, um, it's East Peoria. So if you're familiar with like the Peoria area, it's in the middle of God's good nowhere. But um, yeah, that's, no, it's that Saturday. It's a 50th anniversary party with my in-laws, and then we're leaving the next morning for vacation. So, yep. It was I, nice I, seeing I, you, Dave. I know it's uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's always something with me. It's always something, but. Uh, no, I'm excited for Domus. This is, I think, the, him and McClure. This is like their first, their first, uh, you know, GT, isn't it? 
Yeah, they've helped, um, obviously, with some other events uh, that have been down there in the past, uh, the Midwest Rampage or um, a few other things. But uh, this is their first one where it's their own baby. That, yeah, um, yeah. So it'll be a good time um, going down with uh, Greg Dupuis and a, a few other folks. So it'll be a it'll be a great time, and hopefully we can get a lot of good Midwestern people to come out. Um, I know the Schwants are coming down, so it'll be a good time. Nice. Just, yeah, Very nice. It'll just be nice to see everybody in the summer, because right now we don't have a summer event. Um, so this will kind of help and keep growing that community. So that's, that's all it's about. I'm excited. Um, all right. So, uh, and obviously, folks, um, please, uh, if you want to leave an iTunes review on the show, that's cool. Um, and once again, if... Uh, if you are even remotely interested in being part of the almost 1%, check out again. Please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. Maybe think of uh, supporting the show. Mm-hmm. Other than that, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer and Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>